Welcome to Thinking with Dr. Barry Whitney. This podcast series is compiled from Dr. Whitney's university class entitled Justifying Beliefs. The thesis of this class is that we all hold beliefs, and no matter what they are or how deeply we adhere to them, we owe it to ourselves to apply rational testing of our beliefs in order to aim to justify them. This class takes us along that journey, perhaps for the first time or more deeply. For further insights and materials mentioned in this series, please refer to the resource page on Facebook entitled Thinking with Dr. Barry Whitney. Jesus cures a blind man. So what, what does the modern Christian liberal do? Well, of course, curing a blind man can't happen scientifically because science can't do that in a, in a, in a laboratory repeatedly. So it must be symbolic. It must mean that Jesus cures spiritual blindness. Jesus walks on water. That must mean that Jesus is the new creation. And just like God calms the waters of chaos in Genesis, Jesus is calming the waters. Now see, there's a double whammy here. Like what the existentialists, it's a partial truth. There's actually a symbolic meaning for literal miracles, I think. But the, but the liberals take just the symbolic meaning and they reject the liberal version. Like, I'm more than happy to say Jesus walked on water, but it also means symbolically that he is the new creation. But to, if you want to be respectable in a, in a modern scientific anti-religious culture, you have to say, well, of course, no one can walk on water unless it's some kind of a trick. So either it's naturalistic, it's a trick, the water wasn't that deep. I've seen things on TV where the water was full of salt. Anybody can walk on that. Yogis can fly. The flying yogis, it's, it's all tricks. There's a, there's a naturalistic explanation. Or you can go with the symbolic one, which is valid, but it's not the only one, to say that Jesus cures spiritual blindness. What you've just done is to question the authority of the people who wrote the thing and basically call them liars. And that, that's serious stuff. It's amazing to me that, that mainline clergy have no problem with that, calling the writers of the scriptures liars by implication uh, because they think that they're writing symbolically when they tell us. They tell us, Luke says and Peter says, we know the difference between myth and fact. And, and we're not writing myth. They say it over and over again. They're fully aware that people are going to think they're writing symbolically only or mythologically. And they say they're not. I, I, for one, will not stand up and say they're liars. I think that's, uh, you better have some good evidence for that. But the general, the general point here is that the culture, without belief in God, miracles make no sense. That's the bottom line. With belief in God, they do make sense. But when you see Christians who believe in God saying that they're just symbolic or that there can be naturalistic explanations that they didn't really happen, they're symbolic, or mytho like, what are they saying? The, the short version is that we are existentialists in our theology in this culture, which means we believe in feelings, feelings that Jesus cures spiritual blindness, let's say, rather than history or facts or anything that we have to justify. Like, it's easier to say, like if a liberal Christian reads the scripture where it's, where it's talking about the blind man, John 9, all, all these other places, a, a man blind from birth. So it's very hard to say that this is going to be some trick. You don't see anybody curing people like that consistently 
instantaneously. I've got what the Catholic Church says, if you're not aware of that. It's unbelievable how many tests and experts and scientists and medical specialists, when anyone claims a miracle at a place like Lourdes, France, where thousands of miracles have been claimed, the church has accepted 66 of those, thousands and thousands and thousands of miracles. Christians aren't rushing to prove that every bleeding statue or every vision is some kind of a miracle. Uh, the Catholic Church takes great effort to make sure that there was an instantaneous cure of somebody who otherwise would has no naturalistic explanation why they're not dead uh, from some horrible disease or why, why their leprous, uh, why, why their crippled, paralyzed body was instantaneously cured. Why there wasn't a relapse. There wasn't even a convalescence. There may be some quacks on TV that claim they're curing people, but most of those things are psychological. Some of them are legitimate. I think they're legitimate, but most of them are psychological things. And the Catholic Church is aware of that as well. That They, they keep making the criteria more and more difficult. Like, if this is just some subjective thing, like somebody, it's just some psychological subjective problem that they've had, that's not considered a miracle. A miracle is a verifiable disease, uh, an instantaneous cure, instantaneous, no convalescence, no, re no recurrence, just and, and medically, no other explanation for the miracle. It's incredibly well thought out. Nobody's jumping. I mean, the church is not in the business of, of, of the spectacular, trying to show that, that this is a healing church and miracles occur daily. They even at these healing places like Lord's France, they they they're very very cautious. The same thing with exorcisms, people delivered from the demonic. They don't jump and claim that everything is that. They're not fanatics. I'm not a Roman Catholic, but I really appreciate the fact a lot of times when they just slow everything down and say, before you believe these things, let's examine the evidence. You have to appreciate that, if nothing else, because not all Christians. Not all Christian denominations take the trouble to examine the evidence, and not all people do, um, in, no matter what they believe. And there's, at least there's one huge body, the largest religion in the world, the Catholic Church, at least takes the trouble to investigate. I mean, this is what you hear. They're just scientific ignorance. Science can't explain miracles, therefore they, pos they couldn't possibly occur. They, miracles would destroy, if we allowed miracles, it would destroy the beauty of science, the way it explains everything? The answer is simple. No, it wouldn't. Science should be aware that there are certain things that it, it's talking about natural causes, and if science not aware of the fact that there might be supernatural causes now and then, or maybe more often than one thinks, that doesn't destroy science. Science just has to learn its place, that it's discussing physical realities, not supernatural realities. Why doesn't God, if God performs miracles, intervene more? Most Christians I know say that God doesn't intervene at all. Do you remember Rabbi Kushner when bad things happened to good people? Why didn't God cure my son? Why doesn't God cure with miracles if God can? A lot of people think that God doesn't do anything. They have this deistic understanding of God, that God doesn't perform miracles. And that if God did perform miracles, it would be like saying that God has to intervene ad hoc. All of these are bad reasons. And by the way, I don't even think miracles are violations of natural laws. I think um, natural laws are not immutable. They're simply statistical and approximate understandings of what we experience. 
And, you know, that doesn't rule out God. It's like a high school principal who sets the schedule for the school. Um, He's not violating the schedule by having an assembly on Thursday morning. He's simply using his authority as the one who created the laws to to have various uh, exceptions to it. It's not a violation like something he has to be ashamed of. It's just in his power to do that. Miracles we believe in Christianity, the, the Christian belief is that they're always for good. They, what they did in the Bible, just last, the last thing, is that they, they gave credibility to the prophets. Um, uh, they showed that they were trustworthy. They gave credibility to Jesus' message. The, the, the miracles he performed, the miracles he fulfilled, the prophecies he fulfilled were miracles. They, they serve a good purpose. They're not for entertainment. They're not magical. Um, God knows there's magicians out there who, and psychics who claim to do all these things and make predictions and, and perform all kinds of strange things, but if you take a good look at those things, it's just not happening. The Bible is a book filled with miracles, and for anybody in this culture to deny that, um, and if you try to remain a Christian, that's my, really my focus here right now at this point, if you try to remain a Christian without believing in miracles, thinking that they're just some kind of symbolic faith statement, um, you've given up the history of a book which claims to be historical, and you've given up the facts of a book which claims to be based on facts, and that's a dangerous game, I think. It's no mystery to me why the church is in trouble in this culture. We've become too scientific. We think it's more... I could walk into this room and say, hey, I'm a theologian. I don't believe in miracles. We all agree, don't we? Because that's just silly superstition. That's so easy to do. And you're, most of you, I mean, the Christians would be offended, but everybody else would say, yeah, no problem, because, I mean, our science and our academic professors in the other departments, nobody believes in these things. It's in. Miracles is on the hit list. And it's the most foundational, fundamental aspect of Christianity. Jesus' miracles. The biblical miracles. And the only argument, I mean, some people say, well, I believe them, but I don't believe they happen now. That could be inconsistent. That could be seriously inconsistent. I don't know if God would just stop. There are arguments for and against that, that position, that miracles ceased with the Bible. And there, and there are other arguments, you know, like saying that, uh, of course, they exist now. But, I mean, one has to develop, like the biblical people did, a serious, sincere spirituality, a relationship with God that's meaningful before things happen. They don't just happen because we want them to. Please let me pass this class. Please let me win the lottery. You know, it doesn't happen that way. These arrow shots at God and then spend the rest of your week ignoring God. Miracles occur when people develop a sincere, deep relationship. All of a sudden, life starts making... Like I'm, I'm saying, a lot of us believe they're real. The culture doesn't in general. Even Christians, even Christian clergy, 33% of this denomination, 31% of this one. It's just unbelievable how the culture affects us. Now with prophecy, I just want to give you some obvious stats. So, let, my first point will be that uh, Christianity and the Bible are unique in its emphasis on miracles. Do you remember the story of the third president, Thomas Jefferson? I don't know if I told you that one. I think everybody knows that one. He was a, uh, a deist. That's with a D instead of a T. He believed in God, but deism believes that God creates the universe 
and then has nothing more to do. God creates natural laws and moral laws, and then everything just kind of falls into place. Deism has this distant God. Strange, strange view. It was trying to, um, you know what it was trying to do? It was trying to show how theists could reject miracles. Because if you believe in miracles, you're not a deist. If you believe in miracles, you're, you, what you're saying is that God is still imminent. I-M-M-A-N-E-N-T. Christianity believes that God is imminent, which means involved in the world, and also transcendent, which means beyond the world. Now, a deist, this is the 17th and 18th century when science was on the rise, challenging belief in miracles because they weren't scientifically verifiable. The deists were Christians who thought that, okay, we'll, we'll agree with science. We'll get rid of our miracles if that will make science happy and make us look more sophisticated. And it, it was a rational version of Christianity. It was unfortunate, but it, it turns out that most of the founders of the United States and of the universities and the founding fathers were deists. Benjamin Franklin uh, and, and, and especially um, 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 Jefferson, the third president. Um, Jefferson wrote his version of the scripture, the Bible, with all the miracles torn out. And that took care of about nine-tenths of what's there. So Christianity, the point is, is a, is a religion based on miracles. The miracles of prophecies being fulfilled. The miracles of healing. Miracles of, 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 of well, especially in the New Testament, it, it, it becomes just unbelievable what Jesus did. The exorcisms, which means driving out demons and satanic forces, healing people, and especially virgin birth, after, you know, life after death with the resurrection. It's all based on miracles. Christianity is a religion where God is both involved in the world, imminent, performing miracles, and transcendent. God's not the world like a lot of New Age believe, God's, and, and a lot of other Eastern religions believe. God's not just the world. That's pantheism. God is beyond the world. God's the creator. God's distinct from the world. That makes God transcendent. Now, a transcendent God, I suppose, could perform miracles, but if God is only transcendent for, for people like deists and most people, then God's not involved at all. God just creates. Christianity insists on miracles because it insists that there is a God who is involved. There's, there are miracles, for instance, of, of answered prayer, miracles of healing that, that a lot of us still believe go on. Uh, it, it's not The only thing that holds people back from belief in these miracles is just a naturalistic presupposition that they can't happen because science doesn't like them. That's not a very good reason. Um, and Christianity has to learn how to fight this. Uh, Christianity in this century made a huge, huge mistake by, quite frankly, even though deism is officially dead as a failed attempt to become rational and respectable, most Christians, in my mind, uh, most Christians, the majority, are, are, are modern-day deists, modern-day uh, existentialists, if you like. They're Christians who believe that, and I, I can cite almost every major theologian that writes books, except a few conservatives that, that write the book. They think that God doesn't perform them anymore, that they've stopped, because they're, they're embarrassed to talk about miracles, thinking that it's not academically sophisticated 
Like, it's, it, that'd be the object of ridicule. And God knows. There's, there, is that, there is that flavor to it, that this is a rationalistic, scientific culture that just despises anybody, or any attempt, let's say, not the person, but any attempt to argue for supernatural interventions or suspensions of natural law. We're so convinced that science is valid that we can't see God performing miracles. So what happens to Christianity then? Other religions would have their own problem, but Christianity has a big problem. It's the minute we throw miracles out. How Christianity is on the decline. One of the major reasons is, in my mind, it's very clear. It's this liberal existentialist philosophy that said it doesn't matter anymore. We don't believe in miracles except the miracle of faith in our own heart. So it doesn't matter whether Jesus rose from the dead. doesn't matter whether Jesus had a virgin birth doesn't matter whether he fulfilled all these prophecies. All that matters is that I feel, as a Christian, Jesus is alive in my heart. What that does, basically, is just throw out the whole historical, uh, either the whole historical side, the authenticity, quite frankly, of Christianity. It's faith in what? What's left if you deny miracles? What's, what's happened in this century? About the 1920s it started. By the 1960s, every theological school in the world seemed to be teaching it in Christianity that miracles were no longer acceptable. And the reason for that is science doesn't like them. Science can't justify them. Now, that's a pretty bad reason. Christianity that does that uh, has made a big mistake. This, I think, is part of the reason for the new spirituality and it's part of the reason for the conservative Christian movement, charismatics, evangelicals who are trying to bring back the feeling and the life and, and experience in Christianity. Uh, it, it's a, a long, hard story, but there are groups who believe in miracles, but they're usually sloughed off as conservative fanatics. They're not. Um, the ones who don't, the ones who don't, quite frankly, I call them liberals. Kreeft, the, the author of the textbook, calls them heretical uh, uh, heretics, basically. They've separated themselves from a basic Christian belief. You know, if you tried to, you probably saw this in Barna, but I didn't make too much of a fuss about it, but there's core Christian beliefs that if you reject them, you're no longer um, a Christian, you're a heretic. And basically, it's the miracle of the virgin birth, the miracle of the resurrection, uh, the, the miracle of exorcisms, and there is a Satan to exorcise. Like, there's basic Christian beliefs, and a lot of them are based on miracles. They're no longer accepted by this liberal church. They're the ones that seem to write the books and teach the classes in university. Um, and it's a very difficult time for a Christian student in this culture. Um, but you, you can understand, right? I could walk in here, teach the same class we're going to look at today and say, of course, if I'm a liberal Christian, it's so much easier to say, well, of course, we, these fundamentalists believe in miracles, but, you know, it's all emotion for them. They, they, they don't have the sophistication to understand that these are primitive people and they didn't... You know, it's so easy to put that down. And yet, when you start looking at the arguments against miracles, against the resurrection, against the fulfilled prophecies, uh, there's hundreds of them. Like, how could you slough them all off as coincidences? Um, let, let, let me just show you what, what the people have done. I, I'm just saying the first mistake in Christianity, we've made two mistakes. One is basically to privatize the faith. And, just, and, and the other, and, and that, that, that's been a result. Like simply divorce ourselves from the culture and say that if science and academia and the media find miracles offensive, we have to find a version of Christianity that doesn't have miracles. So on Christmas Day, there's no virgin birth, 
there's just a human being born who becomes uh, a very important person. On Easter, for a Christian, no one's risen from the dead. Literally, these liberals think, what happens is that in my heart, Jesus is still alive. That doesn't last. These liberal churches are emptying. They're, they're, they're losing their people because they're not offering them anything. The tragedy what's happened in this century for Christianity. And it's all based on not really understanding that miracles are very difficult to refute. It really boils down to one thing. Do you believe what the Scripture says and what Christians have always believed, or do you believe what science is saying? I'm sorry, but it comes down to whether you believe in the supernatural. Because quite frankly, if you believe in God, if anyone believes in God, part of that belief God then is able to do, it's possible God could do miracles. There's nothing holding us back from believing that God can do the miraculous. God can do anything. So if you believe in God, miracles are possible, at least. If you believe in Christian scriptures as authentic, then of course miracles are there all over the place. If you don't believe in God because science can't verify God's existence and all of, all of this that comes with it, this naturalistic bias, then of course you don't believe in miracles. It all comes down whether to believe in God or not. Now, having said that, that's just, I'm just saying that the church has, even the Christian church in this century, has had a difficult time understanding and defending miracles. The liberal mistake was to privatize the faith and say, historically, it doesn't matter what happened. Um, it's just what I feel inside. Um, in a lot of ways, that's the same mistake that the conservatives make on the other side, the ultra-conservatives. They don't care about history either. Um, the reason I stopped with number one is that I realized right in mid-sentence that they're, they're both guilty of the same thing. I'd have to get more sophisticated to... Uh, there are differences. The conservatives believe like the core doctrines. They believe in virgin birth. Uh, I mean, but, but they don't have the history. Whereas the liberals don't believe in these things happening and they don't have the history. So both sides reject the historical facts the conservatives claim to believe these things, but it, it, it's, most, most Christians are right in the middle, the wishy-washy 44% or the 77% probably, the 44 plus the 33, that aren't sure. Um, I've got stats, but I won't share them with you because we've done enough. But when I look at how many clergy and liberal churches and in Catholic churches and people believe in the miracle of the virgin birth coming up at Christmas and the miracle of the resurrection... The numbers are something like uh, 70% or so. I mean, that's not bad, but what the heck is going on with the other 30%? And when you look at the clergy, it's worse than the people actually are, believe more than the clergy, the people that, that are running the churches. So, some polls, the polls are inconsistent on this one, so I think people are lying on these things. That's why you're not getting one of these polls. Uh, some of them say it's only 30% that believe. Others say it's 80%. So there's not much I can do with that. It, it's a mess right now. I think we have a confused Christianity. The conservatives on one side saying that these things occur, but they're not sure how to, how to defend it because they're not worrying about defending anything. The liberals saying these things didn't happen um, and we don't have to defend it because it didn't happen. Now here's the fact, though. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, there are at least 1,235, I'm, I'm going to talk now about the miracle of prophecy, just to give you a couple of notes on that, just to fill in a little bit. There were 1,239 fulfilled prophecies in the Old Testament. 
In the New Testament, there were at least 758 fulfilled prophecies. Of those, that, that totals 1,817 prophecies that were fulfilled, predictions that were fulfilled. Go to your average seer or psychic hotline and, and do some stats about how many of their predictions were fulfilled, and you're going to see numbers in the single digits, if you're lucky, which is probably less than just a chance guess would, would give you. There's nothing ever happened like this before. This is why some Christians in the past, like if you remember Pascal, uh, Blaise Pascal, who doesn't really give you a defense, he was impressed by the fact that there's th these prophecies alone would give the uh, um, serious attention to the justification of belief in Scripture. Um, 1,817 prophecies fulfilled. Of, of the 700, or sorry, the uh, 578 prophecies in the New Testament that were fulfilled, at least 191 of those are about Jesus. That one man fulfilled at least 191 clear prophecies, not vague ones like Nostradamus or Gene Dixon or all of these so-called hotline psychics, but clear prophecies, like 600 years before he was born. Jerusalem or Bethlehem was named by the prophet Micah as the place where he would be born. You can't arrange that. There, there was a, a movie or a book, I, I think it was just a book, it's probably going to be a movie because Hollywood loves to bash Christianity and religion in general. The book was called The Passover Plot. And they tried to make the case that, okay, if Jesus fulfilled all these miracles, he must have arranged it. Now tell me how you can arrange where you're going to be born 600 years before you're born or how you're going to die. I don't think you can look to be crucified. I, I mean, maybe that one's iffy. Uh, or or uh, your, your, your lineage that goes back to David. You can't, you, can't, you can't do this. Liberals have been desperate to show that there are no miracles of prophecy because there are so many in the Bible. You can't ignore them. No other religion has this many legitimately fulfilled prophecies. But By the way, no, no book has ever been studied in human history or outsold in human history, the Bible. It's been criticized, abused, stomped on, ridiculed, but studied and studied and studied and with an attitude of skepticism going into it, not with an attitude of belief by scholars. And these things are still, still standing. 817 fulfilled prophecies, and now we have to worry about how do you ignore them? How do you refute them? Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us for the next episode as the journey of justifying beliefs continues.